0: So I got into an internet debate recently. I know that's going to surprise some people, maybe not, but I got into an internet debate recently and it occurred to me that this fundamental concept people really struggle to understand. In fact, I've even had commenters tell me that they don't really understand how this works. Even though I had previously kind of explained it in another video, I realized that I haven't really explained this concept in a standalone video. We haven't gone over exactly what this looks like, what the numbers look like. I've just kind of vaguely touched over what I think is one of the most important concepts in financing, and that is leverage. Let's get into it. Hey, everybody, my name is AJ and this is The Wealthy Idiot Show. Please make sure to destroy the like button for the YouTube algorithm. Subscribe to the channel, hit that bell, throw us a comment. If you have any questions, we're going to talk about the concept of leveraging today. If you're new to this channel, what we're trying to do is teach the best financial practices that we can, that we've discovered over our investing career and things that we've researched. Um, We're really passionate about this finance topic. We want to explain what things have worked for us specifically so that you can understand what we're doing to be successful. We're not going to tell you to do anything that we haven't done ourselves. And lastly, we want to steer you clear away from get-rich-quick schemes because at the end of the day, those are designed to take you away from your money and give you false hope. So this leveraging concept, the definition of leverage says, use borrowed capital for an investment expecting the profits made to be greater than the interest payable. So basically the concept is, can we borrow money and invest that money and expect the returns on our investment to be greater than the interest we're paying on that borrowed money. And if so, then we can make money off of money that we don't actually have. I know that sounds risky. Dave Ramsey probably just had a heart attack just by the mere fact that we're over here talking about it. And I understand that there are there are extreme risks to leveraging. Dave Ramsey himself lost a ton of money because what he did was he borrowed 100% of his money, went, to, went and bought houses with that money, made a bunch of money until the economy flipped and he had no way of recovering the money that he had borrowed and he had to uh, ultimately declare bankruptcy. So yeah, this definitely comes with some sort of risk, but the concept that I think people miss totally is that a lot of giant businesses like major tech companies and a lot of wealthy people leverage constantly. Us normal people kind of have to get a little creative with our leverage as we don't have like a good reputation with the bank yet. So in our case, the best way to leverage is probably real estate. That's what we're teaching here. Take out a little bit of debt, get some real estate, make some money off of that real estate make sure that you're secure by having an emergency fund um, investing into other strategies like index funds to have like an ultimate emergency bucket in case you need to use that on these homes and then in the long run you come out looking pretty on the other side a lot prettier than if you have just invested your money outright so i want to cover what it looks like for wealthy people to leverage why it is that they actually leverage because in a lot of terms we think in you know on this level of income like you know, anywhere from low to high in terms of, you know, job income, we often think of what we're capable of spending as a part of that income. This is part of the debate that I had online is that people are stuck in sort of this concept of your lifestyle reflects your income. And then at a certain point, why do you need that much money anymore? And they kind of miss the fact that when you are, when you hit a certain amount of wealth, it's no longer really about what you can do with that money in terms of taking care of yourself. It's now about how do you invest that money into other things that maybe can grow and have an impact. So that impact doesn't necessarily have to be good or bad. You know, it's We're not going to get into the morals of the politics of those things, but let's say, for example, like Elon Musk. Elon Musk has enough money to do whatever he wants for the rest of his life. So why doesn't he quit working? Well, most of his money is invested. His needs and his wants for his lifestyle are pretty much taken care of. And so all he really cares about now is making cool stuff. And he's very interested in producing things. If you don't like Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, kind of similar, doing similar stuff, just trying to get into doing things that people haven't done before, like private companies going to outer space. I use both of those examples because those are two different people who have used their money to go to outer space. So it's not really about how do we achieve our lifestyle with our income anymore. When you get to that level, now it's about producing more, creating more value, trying to figure out ways to um, do things that people haven't done before. When you're looking at money in that terms you're thinking in terms of how to grow consistently and if you're not really worried about your lifestyle that is kind of an irrelevant point to that growth in fact we even kind of teach that here on a lower scale for people who have normal incomes if you can invest like crazy and stop thinking about like i'm trying to buy this next big thing those investments will continue to compound over time and continue to grow. And if you just focus on growing those instead of wasting money on things that you don't actually need, you will gain a significant amount of wealth without having to put a lot of effort into it. But one of the biggest reasons that people leverage is that you don't pay taxes on leverage. It is a legit form of tax avoidance that the wealthy regularly use that we know very little about here on the average person plane. But I want to kind of show you some numbers so you can get an idea of what I'm talking about. And I'll try to explain them as best I can. I know it's complicated. I encourage you to maybe watch this through a couple of times to get this understanding. But this leverage concept is something that can really propel your thinking in terms of your own finances, but also just generally your understanding of how things work on a grander scale. Okay, so I have here first our first and most basic example. We have a $100 million asset. Let's say, for example, we are... So let's say we're Richie Rich. The cartoon turned into a movie with a uh, Macaulay, Car- Macaulay Culkin, Macaulay Culkin. Woo. That was tough. Let's say we're starting off with hundred million dollars. We know that if we invest most investments will have about a 10% return. And if we put that into this year chart down here and we grow our investment by 10% every year, you can see it slowly start to compound until at 30 years we would have $1.7 billion. Now, wouldn't that be nice? I'm sure most of us would appreciate that. If we scroll down a smidge, we could see that this graph here shows that exact same information that's in this chart here. And we could see that as time goes on, it starts to slope up with all of that compounding happening on that $100 million. So we know just by having $100 million that we can turn it into 1.7 billion fairly easily if we just leave it where it's at and we don't touch it. But let's say a deal comes along and we want to get in on this deal. Maybe it's some big thing, and we know it might have a return of at least 10, but the upside is even higher than that. And we want to get in on this deal. So this deal is going to cost us $50 million to be a part. Maybe it's some kind of up and coming company that we want to take part in. So we need to take $50 million out of this asset group and then turn around and spend it on the deal. The dilemma is, and I'm going to hop over to the next sheet here and I'm going to show you what this looks like. We need to actually withdraw $72 million because we're going to pay a tax rate. And here I'm guesstimating it's 30%. It could be higher or lower depending on who is in office at the time. Um, But in order to get that $50 million, so we need to take out quite a bit of money. That means that this is now no longer, it's it's closer to like $30 million that's growing at 10% instead of our original 100. And we're gonna take this 50 grand, we're gonna invest it. And ultimately, so over here, this is our original numbers. But over here, we're gonna see that after about 30 years, we'll have about $1.3 billion. And that's a net difference of almost $400 million. So we lost a pretty good chunk of change because what happened? So this is our original um, bar over here. So showing on this graph down here, I'll zoom out a smidge showing on this graph down here. You can see the blue is the normal growth. That's the top, the regular basic value. The green is the value after we take out money and we have taxes so we can reinvest that 50 million that we took out. But now our net is about 78 million because we had to pay taxes. And let's say that that all grows at a 10% rate and it's going to grow at about the same curve, just slightly slower because we have less money invested. We paid a big fat chunk to the bank. So this is the part we want to kind of try and avoid as wealthy people. We don't want to pay this big chunk to the bank. Sorry, I mean government, (laughs) I mean taxes and pay the big chunk to government. We don't want to pay this big chunk to government. That's killing us here. So what can we do? So we need $50 million and let's go to option number three. And this time, instead of taking out $50 million and paying the taxes, let's go to the bank and get a loan from the bank. And that's our last group here. So what you're seeing here is we're going to get a loan for $50 million. Our loan rate is going to be at 5%. So I went a little bit high to kind of give you an example. Our annual payment will be $3.2 million. Right. So immediately, if you don't have any experience with this, you're already cringing. You're thinking, "Ah, oh, three point two million is a, is a lot of money we're going to have to pay out. But at the end of 30 years, we're going to end up with like our original uh, or our assets are going to end up at two point six billion. We're going to have paid fifty million dollars in total interest on this loan at five percent. We almost paid double on the loan. And our net result will be 2.56, almost $2.6 billion, right? It's pretty close. The difference is we actually made $800 million more by borrowing money than we would have if we went with option number one, which is just keep the money invested like normal. And then over here, I'm showing the calculations for how you come up with these principal payments. Um, You can screenshot that and you know, try to mess with this yourself, but I'll show you what the end results come down to um, down below here. So we have our basic value. So this is the same as our original chart. This is the one with the withdrawal. So this is if we paid taxes where we would end up. And we have a slightly more complicated one due to loans. So we start with the value with the loan. So we have our original $100 million. We're not going to touch that. That's going to stay there and it's going to continue to grow. We now have a new $50 million because we took out a loan that's the loan balance here. And that gives us a total of $150 million to play with. So as we start investing that, we're going to see growth much faster because 150 million is more than 100 million. And then we really only care about the interest payments on the loan because the principal payments will just reduce the amount we owe back to the bank. And yeah, we can't actually get that cash, but that ends up being a net zero. So if on my net worth sheet. If I put my loans against my value, that's how much I have in net worth. And so if I pay this off, I'm just moving cash to the loan and it ends up balancing out. So we really don't care about this amount of money. We only care about the interest paid. And so if we look down here, we can see that our net worth is still 100 million because we have $150 million worth of cash, but we have this loan of 50 million. So our net worth is still 100 but now it's 113 because we were able to invest that $150 million worth of cash. We got a bigger return on our money than we would have with just the 100, and then we only paid 2.5 million in interest, leaving us with $113 million. And if you come up here, you'll see 110. So we made $3 million in year one by taking out a loan, and we made significantly more. So this is like 15 plus 13, $28 million more by, by taking out a loan, as opposed to, um, withdrawing our money and paying taxes. So if you know the concept of compounding interest, you know, that this little amount at the beginning is going to compound to a significant amount towards the end. All right. So let's come down to our graph. So the gray line down here is the line where if we would have taken our money out to, to get involved in this investment and we paid taxes, this is where we would be. This green line is if nothing different occurred. We just left our money where it was and we made some money. This blue line is if we took a 5% loan out and invested that 5% loan. We made a lot more money. And if you remember up here, we said it was $800 million more to get this blue line to get much higher. And this is just assuming that all of our returns are at 10%. So if you were to just take this 50 million and put it in a different index fund or maybe you have a real estate deal that's returning 10% you wanted to get involved in, maybe it's a big real estate deal. This is what the money would actually look like. So I hope that wasn't too confusing. I understand that those are a lot of numbers and I'm showing you a lot of information, but the power of having that much cash compounding against a small loan is pretty significantly impactful over the long run. Now keep in mind, this is all over the long run. This will have dips, this will go up, and like right now we're experiencing a dip, that's okay. We're not considering what happens in the short term. You know, if, if In this case, if you really had $100 million that you were playing with and you were trying to figure stuff out, maybe $1 million worth of that would be in cash and that would be what you're living off of. Maybe you have some of that money in things that are producing dividend payments like dividend paying index funds. So you're taking that money and you're living off of that money. So pretend that we don't actually care about this money in terms of living off of. We're just trying to increase our net worth number over a long period of time and we're taking a look at the math and we're realizing, look, if we want to take our money out of our investments and put it into something else, that's going to cost us a lot of money. The bank is going to take quite a bit of that. And in some cases that might not be the case. Like if you were to invest in something and then immediately take it out at the same price or even less, that's considered a loss. But in this case, we're going to pretend that $100 million is like a a business that we started on our own. And if we were to sell any of that, we would get a huge uh, impact, a huge hit um, by the IRS to take taxes out from us. So it makes a lot more sense for us to go to the bank, take out a loan, and then invest that and pay the loan off over time. And even if we were to take a smidgen of that loan and live off of it, we still wouldn't have to pay taxes on it because you don't pay taxes on loaned money. So loan money comes from the bank. It goes into your bank account. You never pay taxes on that. You've never paid taxes on it. When you buy a house, you don't pay taxes on it. When you buy a car, you pay taxes on the car itself, but not on the money when it hits your bank account. So this is all tax free money that's coming in. We're going to turn around and invest that money. We might skim some off the top for ourselves. And then we make a huge amount of money over a long period of time as a result of this. So I know, you know, major corporations can get away with this you know, major rich people, people with like tens of millions and plus of money can get away with this. Um, But for the average person, the easiest way to do this yourself is through real estate investing. So you buy a property, you take out a loan, you buy the property, you rent that property out and you make sure that the income from the property is more than the mortgage payment that you have. And all the income that you get from that property is tax free. And all the appreciation is tax-free as long as you don't sell the property. So you're going to be growing your net worth. You're going to be able to get income like actual cash tax-free. You can write off the interest payments on the uh, property itself as a business expense, including most other things on the property, including depreciation. And there's no way the government can take money away from you because you're getting that money lent to you in order to spend on that property. So the easiest way for us to leverage, we can make quite a bit of money off of this process. I understand that it's scary and we've kind of talked about safe ways to do that. So I just described the main reason for us to understand why leveraging is such a big deal. We can use it to our advantage. The other reason to understand why leveraging is such a big deal is that this is how the Federal Reserve slows down the amount of money that's in circulation. If they start raising interest rates to the point where rich people and corporations are starting to look at the loans they're taking out as being more risky, Because what if the returns on their investment for that money isn't as high as they had hoped? Like right now, things aren't at 10% because of inflation and the markets have dropped. And also, interest rates are extremely high. So it makes all the wealthy and businesses a little more timid to go and borrow money to invest it into the economy. And that reduces the amount of cash that's flowing throughout the economy. So the more they inch up these interest rates, the more they can restrict the amount of cash flow and hopefully limit inflation as time goes on. So I hope you learned something here today. I know this is a complicated concept. If you have questions, throw it down below. Hopefully you took something away and I'll see you guys next time.